You're listening to Al Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Okay, everyone. Um, <laughs> Why are you laughing? It just makes me laugh. You're making me insecure, man. I'm, I'm in Sacramento, uh, California, for those of you who don't live in the States, and I'm here with one of my favorite comics in the world, Jason Rouse, and um, he's performing with, you know, the biggest touring comic in the world, Russell Peters, and they're both from Canada, and Russell's the one who introduced Jason to me years ago, and I, I could see why, because I like the edgy, dark material, and I um, I just think, you know, Jason, you're, you're one of those few guys who could do those edgy stuff, but people really like you. Mm. It's an amazing combination that you're able to do some ho- just horrible shit. Yeah, yeah. And all the comedians love you. And yesterday's second show especially, you know, Russell Peter fans are pretty, I don't want to say conservative, but they're pretty mild. And a lot, oftentimes... They're, they're nice they're, people. Yeah, they're going to comedy show for the first time. They're a big fan of Russell Peters first in stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And you're able to get those people laugh at your edgy stuff. And I, lo- I love it. So, yeah, yeah great job, it, man. It, it's taken time to develop those skills to, to kind of still maintain my, uh, my own style of comedy, but also try and make it as accessible, but still kind of true to my uh, voice, I guess. Um, but yeah, it is. They're all really nice. I actually, I've stopped the show, I think, almost every night and said, wow, I'm not used to this audience. I'm not used to people um, embracing. Which they love. Embracing. They really love. Oh, they yeah, love they dig that it. Because sometimes it's always good to remind people the obvious. And you, you're good at making people comfortable. Very similar to what Attell does. Because mm. at least with Attell's fan, David Attell, one of the great, greatest comics of all time. Yeah. At least his audience know what they're getting into. But if they don't know you, it's a big... Big surprise. You yeah, know. there's there's a big risk to take, you know. But um, I try and be as as conscious of the room as possible and get a read off of them, and then that allows me to run in different directions and, and see how far they'll go with me. But um, it varies from room to room, and um, but the, these shows have been fantastic, you know. I'm working with John Paul and and uh, Richard Via and Russell, and it's been cool. It's been a good weekend. We haven't done I haven't done this kind of stuff with my friends in a long time at a comedy club over a weekend so it was nice yeah it was, it was good to see you guys and mm. you know sacramento is a capital of california so there's a lot of government workers and there's a lot of pc shit with mm. government work you know so i think i think they were very relieved and uh, having a great time yesterday yeah so jason you know you're you're you um of course russell is always going to be like a number one guy always helped me throughout you know not just mike comedy career but in my I, life too you know oh, both of us both of us he's a friend and uh, a bit of a guru to a lot of us you know yeah and he's great because he he's open-minded about comedy you know because you when you look at his comedy you wouldn't think a guy like your style or my style yeah. is compatible but he's just a fan of comedy period he's so supportive so i'm curious when when did you meet russell peters i was doing a comedy at club 54 in burlington ontario then I was showcasing to get the, because every year they would do a, um, a series of TV spots um, for stand-ups. And Russell was the headliner, and I was showcasing for the uh, the venue. And then he'd come up after me, 
uh, after I performed and said, "Who like who are you? What's your name?" and and uh, I knew of him, but I didn't really know too much. I was relatively new to the game anyway. And this was probably ninety. Oh, geez. Probably ninety-eight. No, okay. 90, 90, 97, I think. Okay. I met him. I just moved back from Vancouver to uh, Hamilton after realizing that the, there was more of a concentration of comedy clubs in Ontario, so I could get sure. more stage time. And um, I was doing that, and then he, we just he introduced himself to me, and we just kept in touch and. And he was pretty established even back then, right? Yeah, yeah. He had there was no horror about him even back then. You know, he he really had his own language and uh, and atmosphere around him the right from the get go. But uh, as far as his the level of success that he achieved, I don't think him or anyone else had any idea. You know. Well, shit. I I met him in two, summer of two thousand and three, so ten years ago. Mm. When I met him, I didn't even know he was a comedian. I I just you know I was doing Montreal Comedy Festival, which same place I met you the same same year I think, yeah if I yeah remember. yeah yeah and I had no idea how comedy stuff worked in Canada everyone was polite but I was a bit nervous because Montreal everyone spoke French I'm walking at a hotel with the, my friend Ty Barnett and we saw Russell and I just assumed brown guy must speak English and we started talking to him and great guy we had a fun time I I, I thought for a moment maybe he was a hip-hop artist or something because the way he yeah yeah and it, it it wasn't even like until like a year later when I finally saw something by him, realized he was a funny guy. But I, at that point, I didn't even know any East Indian comic at all. And yeah, he was kind of pioneering in that. Now, now it's become um, uh, mainstream. You know, a lot of Asian Indian comedians on uh, television and more in the the humor aspect of entertainment that I've never seen before the last decade. So it's cool. I like it. I like it mixing it up. And he, he, I don't think he get enough credit among so-called comedy elite or people who write. Oh sure, it'll be people like look that. back years from now and they'll they'll look at his legacy and 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 be uh, wow, you know, it's it's impressive the numbers and the the timelines and all that everything else in between. It's fantastic. So, and he's great, and he's always mentioned your name. And eventually, when I did finally got to know you, it, it, it was great, and he was right about you. <laughs> So. Yeah, well, I just got to get the, it's the weirdest thing is that I have all this success in other parts of the world, but I'm relatively unknown in in America, in North America anyway. Sure. But uh, now I'm here more on a regular basis living in Los Angeles and planning on to do uh, some more stuff, you know, bigger and better. Yeah, and, and and I will tell people to, you know, check out your stuff on my thing uh -huh. when we release this episode. But before we get in detail, because you did... You're, you're a bit of a pioneer yourself too. The stuff you've done in Europe and things like that. But we'll talk more about it, Jason. Uh huh. So, but <laughs> you grew up in Hamilton, right? So can you explain to people? Um, it had a huge influence. Reason why you want to get the fuck out of there and you want to do comedy. And can you explain to people what Hamilton's like? Wow, jeez, I don't. know. Because even Russell was talking about yesterday. And uh, I didn't realize how bad of a. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. It's not a bad place. It's it's just a rough place. It's a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> it's gnarly. It's, Can you explain to people that, that oh, they've never been man. to those places? Okay, well, is it like Detroit? It has Detroit elements to it. It's not as apocalyptic and uh, and is um, blown out as Detroit, but um, it does have those elements. You know, 
Detroit has the, the the industry, I think, and the lack of it now in these these cities like Detroit and Hamilton, where Hamilton was a very well known steel manufacturing. Um, they had two major steel mills there, and a lot of my family worked at one of them. And then that all kind of dissipated and uh, left a, a kind of a, a rotten thing that slowly moved from the city center out. So, and because of that, you know. Do you ever remember a good time as a kid? Oh, yeah. I had my good times. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm talking about city as work-wise and economy-wise. Do you ever remember as a kid Hamilton was a no. booming town? Oh, no. Uh, maybe maybe when I was, uh, before I became a teenager. Okay. So I remember seeing a lot of business and stuff going on as a, as a kid. But um, uh, that is all kind of gone away. I don't know what's going to happen. They seem to be putting some money into the downtown to give it a facelift and stuff, but I don't know what's. Uh, but it's very violent, very violent place. Um, I've seen a lot of crazy, crazy shit. So it's it's got high un unemployment. Crime is a, a big issue. Sure. So you're growing up this environment, mm. and would your dad run or when you? No, were no. My father, my mom, well, fled our house when I was four. Well, she was still pregnant with my sister because my uh, father was quite a, a violent uh, alcoholic. Sure. And uh, so he, between, I didn't really kind of reconnect with him until I was in my late teens. And, uh, but no, he was never around. So there was never those, my role models were not the best people. They were like my friends and stuff like that. So there yeah. was, he was, no, he was not around. Thanks for bringing it up, Yoshi. <laughs> it's fucking Father's Day. He's dead now. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And he's dead. Well, so is mine. So you know. all right, touche to dead fathers. Yeah, <laughs> mm. uh, what's your dad die of? I I don't know. It was either suicide or murder. So okay, I, it was ten years ago. You know, my dad it was a combination of lung cancer and a brain aneurysm. Okay, that's uh, alcohol and cigarettes. You do do you think if I, I just wonder this sometimes. Do you think if your dad was around and, and he was a positive role model, you think you would have gone to comedy still, you think? I don't know. I think if my my father was around, more my younger uh, part of my... I'd be a very different person. I don't think I, uh, um, a nice person. I think uh, I would have inherited a lot of his bitter and anger. And uh, I think... Being raised. You know, what I'm saying is if, if your dad was a nice guy, he was responsible and was a sweet yeah. guy... Do you think you would have still gone into stand-up comedy, you think? I don't know. That's a hard one because I think a lot of the comedy bug was planted in by the, my, the friends I hung out with. I used to like skateboard and BMX and stuff. So yeah. there was a, a park in Hamilton called Beasley Park. It was like an old, um, it was a, a, a public park where the kids had a waiting pool, but we kind of systematically uh, took it over and turned it into a skate park so ripped out all the slides so we could skate the bowls and stuff sure so that kind of tribal uh, thing that was going on there with my friends uh, were, were were just jokers you know they were just always playing tricks on us pre-jackass kind of stuff you know and uh, I always find that humor was a good place to escape from if things were shit yeah so I mean, so when, when did you start, like, seriously thinking about becoming a comic then? I was at a house party uh, in Hamilton. I think it was a beer store in Parkdale. 
in Barton area at my friend Randy's house from high school. And his father was there. And I was doing some stupid shit in the living room. And then he, he kind of pulled me aside and says, you should be a comedian. And that was the first time an adult kind of looked at what I was doing, my village idiot buffoonery. And said that there's also you, simply because you're interacting them in a funny, amusing way. Yeah, he he was clever enough to see that. Oh, this is this can, might be building to something. So then I started thinking about it in my teens, and then I uh, I just had a lot of uh, doubt. And um, but I knew that the the I, what I'd seen and what I observed for in this in the, uh, as this watching stand-up comedy, a lot of it appealed to me. The idea of being the center of attention, and you know. Traveling sure. and all that other stuff was uh, really cool. So I started uh, just watching it. And then when In Living Color came out um, and saw, you know, Jim Carrey being Canadian. For and, sure. And from Aldershot, which I think is uh, the two towns over from Hamilton. And his his uh, his journey was insp inspirational. So I started to kind of model myself after him in the first and three he, or four years. And for those of you who don't know anything about Jim Carrey's background, he... Definitely had a really tough upbringing. Most definitely, he was supporting his family as a teenager. You know, homeless. Even story about living in in a car because they couldn't pay. Oh money yeah, or something definitely. Yeah. And that that just made me think that you know what, this is anybody's opportunity. You just got to grab a hold of it and, and put the work in and the time, because uh, the, he was a uh, a young kid and uh, very ambitious and very motivated, but had you know no education or any things that on paper that would be have him succeed uh, to the level he has. So that was uh, that was a really good uh, And I think stand-up comedy is one of those fields that's very appealing with people with little, I mean, I don't want to, it's not an insult, but it's really with little education or opportunity because it's literally just you going up. That's it. Totally. You don't really have any sort of special training, you know. No. And it, it's great for entry because really there's nothing really to prevent you from becoming a comic getting great at it you know that's another definitely definitely because yeah, you suffer years of not you know what i'm saying like you have an idea of what the joke should be but actually learning how to present it in a way that people oh, laugh yeah. at it trial and errors for yeah. sure oh definitely there's a lot of failure you get used to that and i think growing up in Hamilton, I, I I learned how to deal with failure and and not really relying on what uh, negative. I could I I weathered a lot of water off a duck's back. You know, I learned how to not really focus on any negativity and and stuff. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time. It took me until like '93 when I moved to Vancouver. I started doing stand up in '96, but uh, around. Uh, around 91 92 i was uh i was just miserable i was depressed and everything around me was just fucking fucked up and i said i need i need some change and a, a buddy of mine who i grew up with he said let's go to vancouver i want to do acting you want to obviously do comedy and um so we just packed up and moved to vancouver the one-way ticket a few hundred bucks and took me about two years to kind of rewire my uh psychology and uh and and, and we calibrate myself as a human being in this new environment where no one knew me i had no uh, stigma attached to me or people didn't know who i was so i got a chance to start over and kind of reinvent myself sure and then um 
met some really cool people and and spent a lot of time with musicians, various uh, punk rock and metal bands in in Vancouver, and was observing how that the mechanics of show business worked and that thing because that, that's what I related to is more the musician end of things than the the comedians. There was only a handful of comics that I really idolized and looked up to, but uh, a lot of uh, musicians, you know, were always that that aspect of it and that's why i was fond of uh like dice and uh kennison and stuff like that who brought this kind of rock element hard to, rock to it yeah yeah to this comedy it was like stadium shit you know doing crazy stuff and big big shows with with people really amped up you know because you went if, if you know if people don't then know that you're a comedian if they look at you they probably think you're in like a black metal band or something because you have a tattoo and you know dark outfit and whatnot yeah yeah but this this weekend, I came out because I knew you guys were going to be up, but Russell Peters up here. But I also visited my friend Hunter Moore, which you met some of his yeah, yeah, I love those guys. You met Diamond <laughs> Baby and RJ. Yeah. They do podcasts too. Weed List or whatever it is. I just did theirs, and I did uh, Hunter Moore's podcast. But, you know, people have a strong feeling about Hunter. Either they like him and dislike him. But I spent over the weekend at his place. His mother couldn't be a nicer human being, nicer person, you know. And I think no matter what, People say about Hunter, I think he's a great person, nice person. I just think he's an entertainer. But people definitely have a strong feelings about it. But when when I see a, a just a wonderful mother like that, I know I know that he has the whole family support. Yeah, and I think that's key in in my performance too. Is I think I have my mother's heart and my uh, father's disposition, you know. And I think because I do show some vulnerability and and um, uh, on paper it looks very aggressive and crass. But I do. I'm very uh, in tune to how, how the audience is responding and, and what, what boundaries I, I can cross with them and I'll, I kind of hold their hand yeah. through it. But I think my being raised by my mother um, gave me some, uh, I sound strange, some moral fiber, you know, some heart behind what I'm doing. Yeah, and people, it's have, not malicious. To, people have a tendency to look at you and because of the way you dress and have a tattoo, sure. they make these assumptions. Which That's great. I, 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 which is wrong because I know, totally I, wrong. I, I, totally wrong because I know you because you definitely know when we don't want to get in detail who, but some some of our friends will sometimes misbehave in a way that is just not just because we we don't want to be embarrassed in public, but you don't treat people like that, you know. Yeah. And you definitely have a strong feeling about that, and so do I, and and that's that's the part in the, in a, in addition to the fact that you're an extremely funny guy. Seriously, you're a very, very funny guy. It makes me laugh. I, you know, you're, you're, you, I definitely have to watch what you have to go, with your material and performance. I, I have to watch. It's very funny. But uh, well, I think sometimes people miss that fact that you're a decent guy and that you're a sweet guy and there's not one ounce of malice with your stuff, you know? And there's a comic, comic who are clean act. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, show, yeah. They're a fucking bunch of fucking the assholes. Yeah, 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 they're yeah. horrible. It, it just... That's the part I wish people would spend more time figuring out. That's you know? fine. And I and part of the reason, too, is I think a lot of the things that I'm attracted to are, are things that push. It keeps some distance between people and sure. me and um, the people that really want to get to know me and take the time and, and not have a, a judgment on the way I look or the way I talk as a performer. Um, those people tend to be long-term friends. The people sure. are like, what's with all this? And you got gold teeth, and you're white, and blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, like, who the fuck are you? You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've been doing, you know? So For sure. That's fine. I can, I can take it, you know? 
again, you know, I, I know I've talked some shit about Hamilton, but it did it did give me a lot of tools and um, and uh, information of what's important and what's not, you know. And this is a great thing because you probably have a lot of friends from high school or childhood friends still live in Hamilton, and I'm glad you got out of there because I I did better, but you know. It was a little different for me. I just moved back and forth between North and South and West Coast, Washington and California. But but moving to places sometimes really helps a lot because it gives you a different perspective, right? Because, God forbid, if you ended up deciding to live in Hamilton for the rest of your life, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you would have yeah, been, it might have been in jail or something. You know, oh, you I, I think I would have been dead. I think the way things were going near the end before I moved, um, and that's why I just kind of had a revelation. I had an incident. <laughs> Where some people would come to my house with guns, and uh, I got my broken nose. I gotta get that fixed next year, and just stuff like that. A friend of mine got shot with a shotgun in the forearm, and I remember seeing his arm full of buckshot after the surgery and stuff because they couldn't get out all the buckshot. So this is before you went to Vancouver. This is before Vancouver. This is where, where it was peaking. Where I'm like, I remember just sitting in my apartment. There was blood all over the kitchen. Sure. Scared for my life after the situation. And uh, going, this is not my life. I can't fucking live like this. This is not, not, uh, not right. And uh, I need to make a change. And uh, I have to go somewhere else. So that's what I did. But it's been a crazy ride. It's going to be my. I've been doing stand up on on eighteen years. On June twentieth will be my eighteen year anniversary. And the uh, the places, and oh man, it's been a it's been a wild ride. To say the least, no doubt. I've done comedy in, in so many different countries, in cities that w when I've told other people that I was going to the cities in their own country, they're like, why would you go there? I go, <laughs> like, you know, the capital, you know, the, the capital attitude, like we're the best. Why would you want to go to a town that has uh, 200,000 people to do a comedy show? And I go, well, because they're, they're going to show up, you know, and, and I like being that kind of uh, Indiana Jones type character where there's no borders or boundaries. You go where the... Uh, the gold is yeah and this is something where i could relate more with you than very few other people in comedy because mm. when you're doing really edgy dark and some people might interpret mean comedy you really limit yourself to places you could perform most you know? definitely and 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 of course i've been through a little bit of crisis and that i mean i'm finally start having a better attitude about it but i think last four or five years living in la i think it kind of Maybe jaded or really shitty at it by comedy, and I think sure. you, I think you really helped me three, three and a half, whenever it was, three years ago, three and a half years ago. Um, you you've been kind of mentioning for me for the last five, six years, maybe visiting Europe and stuff, and I think I finally did it three years ago, and that really changed my life, Jason. And oh, I, I have to say, you really helped me because I'm not really in a good spot right now, but um, yeah, I'm fucked too. I'm fucked. But uh, I'm, I'm, we got to keep fighting the good fight, you know. Yeah, and, I and, got. And, uh, I'm glad you're down in LA, and I'm working on a couple of projects, and definitely want to get you involved in it too. Mm. So, what happened? If you guys are listening, Jason was living in Europe, Stockholm, Sweden. But you're one of those few guys to work a lot in Europe, and like you, all over, not just major cities, but many different countries with many different cities and sometimes oh, yeah. little towns in between places I've never heard of and I, vi I visited you three years ago I think Copenhagen yeah and that was the first show in Europe 
excluding in, uh, UK, but the first continent to Europe, and it was a great show. I mean, yeah. you had you have a, such a huge fan base in Denmark. Yeah, it's 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 really I mean, I, special. You were like a poor man's Russell Peter there. I'm uh, the second largest international ticket sales. It's Jerry Seinfeld and then me for Denmark. Denmark. Uh, that rock bar that we did, there must have been five, six hundred people there. And I was a little worried, like, ah, would they get what I'm saying, you know? And it's my second language. And I think you said something interesting. It's also their second language, so they're more inclined to listen to the joke. And they're willing to give you a chance to listen to it. And yeah. I, I couldn't be more happier. I mean, I think I had, I got the... Denmark probably was my happiest time doing comedy. Yeah, it was that tour was awesome. It's uh, that was uh, you know with Danielle uh, hosting. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a great time, man. We got to do nice shows, and everybody liked us, and it was packed. I think we sold out almost every single show, and uh, it was great. That's been my best market, Denmark, and then I would say Finland. Norway, Sweden. I oddly enough, when I was living there, that was the least, a least popular demographic for me in Scandinavia. Well, but that's strange. You, uh, they seem like they're the ones should be more. No, Danish people are way more crazy than it's like. Danes and the Finns are all balls out, kind of culturally, and uh, Sweden and Norway are very similar in that, in that way, where they're a little more conservative and. Uh, Norwegian yeah. always struck me more conservative. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I have that funny feeling because it's such an expensive place to visit. <laughs> hey, if you're listening, it's it's about a boat. Hey, I'm from <laughs> Canada. I'm I'm. Everyone's making fun of me now because I say about, but uh, it's like fifteen dollars for a, a, a pint of beer. Yeah, it's because last time I was there last year with you, we literally get up, we get the free breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Then. We'll make a sandwich at the breakfast and sneak that shit back into our uh, oh yeah our hotel and save room. myself sixty bucks. Then nighttime we go to the club early and have a big ass meal, and that's how we kind of uh, got by. Got by. Yeah. But other than that, I was just even afraid to leave the hotel. Because yeah, yeah. As soon as you go into a store, you're 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 just really looking at things to buy, and you're going, "Are you serious?" After you do the math, because I use a little a currency app, and I start doing it, it just makes me insane. So. But now I've been over enough. Now I'll sometimes I'll, I'll go and buy some food to bring back to the hotel room, and and I can eat healthier that way too. So. Sure. Because you as a comic, you don't really get a lot of choice places to eat at two in the morning. Sure. So you end up kind of squirreling away some fruit and nuts in your room to eat later, so you don't have fucking the soup ass from the local burger joint. Yeah. So Scandinavia. So w- when 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 was the first gig? And I'm I'm not talking about USA, but what was the first internet overseas gig? You did you start? Did you have to do it because you there was not a work for you? No, you I got well. You know, guys like Russell and uh, and, and Craig Campbell, uh, another Canadian who lives in England, were the, when they were traveling all over the world and stuff. That that was I would always ask them like, oh, what was that like? You know. I, this, that, and the other thing. And I never really thought it would be part of my career, but then uh, I found out I was eligible for an ancestral visa because my grandfather was uh, born in England, and um, that just opened up a whole rest of the world. So, Oh, that's how you got your visa to England? Yeah, my grandfather's English. He's from uh, Grimsby. and um, Okay. So I had that, and uh, that was good for four years. And then I think uh, uh, like three days before Christmas, I lost my passport. 
and I was fucking losing it. And I, I had a show. I did a show. A bunch of the Canadian comedians were invited to the consulate in London to perform the Canadian sure. consulate. And I bombed so fucking bad. And then I had to go back to the consulate the other day to get a passport. Yeah. So I had to return to the scene of the crime. Yeah. It was horrible. Anyway, so yeah, so my four. But who hasn't done that? We've uh, done plenty of those important shows. Oh, and fuck. I'm not, I'm not, unless they, I have some celebrity weight behind it. And there, there's some people there to see what I'm doing. If it's a, if it's a uptight, you know, a Canadian consulate, they're not really known for their fucking hilarity. So yeah, they were horrified. All of them. Boy, do I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. For 10 years, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So and then I lived in London and then I got started going. Well, before that, my first overseas gigs was, uh, oddly enough, Russell got me a gig in Durban, in South Africa. And uh, I performed there. They liked what I did. He's huge in Durban, too. Oh, yeah. In yeah. South Africa. He's everywhere. It's insane. Um, so, um, so uh, I uh, did South Africa. That went great. I did Durban, and then they had me come back and do Cape Town and the following, uh, following festival. And then now, I, when you do these shows, is it all white South African or is it mixed with blacks too? Uh, it's it, it, there's not very many white people there. I'd say only about a third of the audience is white, but they're very progressive uh, people, and uh, th there was never been a problem. I've been fuck, six, seven times to South Africa now over sure. the, over the last few years and stuff. And um, it's been great. I made the front page of the newspaper there one year. They put me on the front page of the Cape Argus. So this here's this kid from Hamilton. Yeah. Just just fucking insane. insane. In front of a thousand. I did Johannesburg. There was a thousand people and four of them were white. And I was headlining the show. It was insane, you know, just to have crossed those 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 built those bridges to an audience that we have nothing in common except we're all here to have a good time and to have an audience stand on their feet and, and applaud is, is just the best feeling. And, and it's such a foreign, very alien place for me from where I've grown up to where I am, you know? Sure. It, it, is there a lot of black people in Hamilton? No, now, yes. But when in the, uh, you know, I was born in 71. So it was, uh, and I grew up in a, uh, 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 I don't know what you call it, a project, I guess. In Hamilton. In Hamilton, at Kenora Avenue. So a lot of the, the minorities were either uh, Native or um, Middle Eastern, kind of from Syria and stuff like that. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, when you say Native, you talk of Native American, but they are Canadian. Native version. Canadian, yeah, yeah. Okay. Indian, Indians uh, and stuff. So a lot of single moms and a lot of... Because, uh, yeah, you know, I know you. You're a great guy and uh, a sweet guy. But if I was a black person just seeing you without not knowing you are, I mean... Well, black could, people are scared of me. They, you look like skinhead. I mean, I don't, you know... I don't... Like, yeah, who was it? Uh, but you're nothing even remotely uh, of that ilk. But, you know, let's be frank here. If, if, I didn't, if I was a black person, I didn't know you. And you, you, you weren't smiling or something. I would imagine, like, oh, shit, we might have a problem here. Yeah, I don't think because on people don't know how to read me mm -hmm. from the... The way I look and the way I, I act as a performer, I get I get it all the time. Somebody will come up to one and take a picture with me, and but they're very hesitant and stuff. And then I ask them about themselves. Oh, what's your name? Where are you from? You know, some casual conversation, and they'll actually sure. stop and they go, "You're nice." I go, "What were you expecting?" You know, that's that's an act. That's an 
<laughs> an exorcism, sure. uh, you know, on stage. So it gets me a chance to expel all to the, take some all my negative and repressed pain and, and put it out in a positive way for sure. So obviously, because I've heard from other people, you kill it, they like it. Do you, do you, do you feel any, what's that, was there a lot of racial tension? Did you feel that in South Africa? I'm not talking about just you, but you just hanging out in South Africa. No. No? No. Well, my friends are like famous black South African comedians, oh. a lot of them too. So they probably through association, they're like, well, he's obviously not a Nazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's hanging out with, uh, you know, he's David Cow or Joey Restine or uh, Lahis Ogola or all, all those guys. So, uh, uh, no, I, I, I don't care what people think. My friends know what I'm all about and, and what I represent. You know what I mean? And uh, people are going to have their opinions about anybody and everybody. So, But I know in my my heart I'm a, I'm a good person. I, I know that too. Yeah. You know? So you, you do South Africa. You never have any problem, any incidents in South Africa? No, no. It was fantastic. And Durban was more the conservative out of the three uh, cities. Uh, it only got better. Johannesburg and Cape Town were more progressive and uh, and bigger. Um, and it was the first time uh, Asian Indian people, because Durban, I think, has the second largest Indian population in the world, outside of England and outside of India. Yes, sure. that's right. And uh, that's so I was. It was. I was like. I expected. I'm in Africa. I'm black. It was all Indians at the at the show. You right. know. And I know from being in growing up and living in Toronto. Um, they're they're only like second, third, fourth generation Indian immigrants, so they're a little more uh, conservative. But the Indians in in Durban were fucking fucking parties, and you know, Is that right? oh yeah, man, girls would talk. Indian girls would never talk to me in Toronto. And no, never. I got Indian <clears throat> girls that are coming up to me. Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you trying to, you know, get back at your parents? Sure. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I really That's enjoyed interesting. it. That sounds counterintuitive. I would have assumed they were more conservative down there. Uh, no, not in comparison to Canadians. I see. I'm sure of it. They've been down there for I don't know how many decades, you know. Um, I think Russell's got a joke about it, I think, about them Indians being slaves in Africa or something like that. But anyway. Well, I mean, Gandhi was attorney in South Africa, too, so they've been around in South Africa yeah, for yeah. quite a long, long time. Long term. Mm-hmm. Long term, a lot of history there. And there's sure. a lot of Chinese and East Indian all over Africa. Uh-huh. I love it there, man. It's it it was a, like a religious experience for me when I went to South Africa. I really, I couldn't say uh, enough great things about that country. I really enjoyed it. I think some more people should go. It's fantastic. Oh, we'd love to go too. Beautiful women, the nightlife. Of course, we're staying in a five star hotel, playing a nice soft seat theater. It's it's just gold on top of gold, you know. So, I really enjoyed it. You, do you perform anywhere else in Africa besides South Africa? No, I like to. I like to. I don't know what is uh, uh, other, but as far as I know, over the last decade, it's only been those three cities. I see. For stand up, I don't know if the other guys are going north or or whatever east uh, on the west or whatever. But um, it, that that's been a, a quite popular hub for stand up comedy. What about? Uh, Middle East, you you performed there too, right? Yeah, Dubai, Doha. The Bahrain gig got canceled because there was a bomb scare. Um, but uh, that was fantastic too. Now, is there a big? Do you make big adjustment in those places, or is the same act in South Africa and uh, Middle it, East? It varies. It varies. You know, um, 
Uh, I will come up with some material that's locally based, ideally by the second show or something like that. But the majority of but it... But you're I, doing it for expats mostly, right? Mostly expats, yeah. some some locals and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I like Dubai. It's, um, I've been there a couple of times since... Yeah, it's cool. I man. never performed there, but it's wonderful. It yeah. looks like Vegas of the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G gold and diamonds everywhere, man. It's insane. We went to the Gold Silk, and uh, just it was just gold and diamond shops, like, and the best coffee I've ever had. And we uh, they send us some kid, they yell at him, and he'd come back with the trays of coffee and these little shitty plastic cups. But the coffee tasted so fucking good. Yeah. And uh, and then they we just do deals with the for the diamonds and what have you. And you know Russell, you know you and you and uh, we know Russell. We're we're a friend of Russell Peterson. Russell loved going to shopping and stuff. And I'm not a big fan of shopping. Well, first of all, you have to have money to do that. But yeah, but but the shopping mall in Dubai was like Jesus Christ. It's yeah. uh, really nice. It's almost like the best mall in America on steroids. You know? They oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Everything's ten. Everything's bigger, better, faster. You know, it's it's uh, it's quite a place. Quite a place. We had a lot of fun there, man. So you shoot, you do shows in Dubai. What, what, what's it, what's that like? That was good. Those those gigs, they usually let me do them once. <laughs> <laughs> Only with the expat stuff. If it's locals, like the South African gigs, were like you know regular local South Africans. But the um, Dubai and Hong Kong, and uh, and stuff like that, were a, a lot of uh, English uh, business people, mostly from the UK. There was a couple Canadians and, and Australians there, but most of them, and they're professional business people. So it's a bit of a, a, a little work for me because I, I, I can't unload on them like I'd like to. I have to kind of pet them a little bit and then kind of pepper it with some cheeky filth. But um, it you, can be in South Africa. You could do whatever the fuck you want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no limitations, but the shows too. I was on were labeled like danger shows, like uh, the Danger Zone or the Triple X show. So they people were coming specifically to see something insane. And we did. Uh, I remember I was there in Cape Town with Reggie Watts, and I never met Reggie before. And uh, uh, we just hanging out and all week, you know, talking and stuff. And I go, Wait, is he the guy that the Conan O'Brien always talk about? Possibly, he does music related stuff. Beatbox, and he's got yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, 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 black, uh, big hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Reggie and I came up with this thing. Well, actually, I pitched to Reggie. He was kind enough to go along with it. And we did this thing where uh, I come down. There's a huge spotlight in a, a staircase that come down on the stage. So at the end of the show, I, w I, w I was closing the show. I, I leave, and then Reggie do sound effects like I was getting in a car and driving away. He's off stage with a microphone. Sure. And then what I did is I stripped completely naked and then come back <laughs> down right. the stairs. Yeah. And then I walked down the stairs. And then Reggie would stand at the top of the stairs in the darkness, and he'd start singing uh, Lionel Richie's Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, is it me you're looking for? And then the spotlight would come up, and he'd come down the stairs, and I'm naked, and I'm looking like, are we getting back together kind of thing? And then we'd yeah. hug, and we'd hold up our hands and say, we're just trying to end racism. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, we don't know what this is. This is fucked. Yeah. That was cool. It's on YouTube, actually, if you just go on Jason Rouse. So what did you do to this naked thing? Because you did in Denmark too. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like to, because uh, I was really shy and, and repressed <laughs> as a kid, yeah. right? So yeah. now I, I've just learned to uh, confront all my fears and anything that I might be ashamed of or, or feel insecure about, I just fucking let it swing. <laughs> yeah.
Got to mix it up. I remember seeing a footage of you doing a TV show in Denmark. You killed it. Mm. Then you get off the stage. Oh, Sweden. Oh, Sweden. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you kill it. It's you on YouTube, it. yeah. Then you come back. And you, I mean, you just killed it. The, the, the whole, you brought the house down. You leave. And you think the show's over. Then uh, maybe a minute later, you come back completely naked. Then you get off the stage. You walk across the, um, um, <laughs> the, the yeah, I climb over the, the audience, audience naked with your balls literally hitting people to the face. Oh yeah, there was nuts swinging over their heads. Yeah, and you hit in the center of the uh, uh, theater. And what did you say? Oh, I had everything figured out until this part. But as I was crawling, I told one of the uh, per- passerby's that I had diarrhea. <laughs> and that <laughs> at this point, they're still filming this, and they're losing it. They think this is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they think I'm insane. They think I'm crazy. A lady had run out in the street. Keep in mind, this is this was aired on national television. Sure, this is a t- this is for TV. And I'd ask them, I go, "What can you do? And what can you do?" And they're like, "It's Sweden. You can do whatever you want." I'm like, "Really?" And then I pushed it, and they uh, they put it on television and, and in like primetime slot. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. They don't have any hangups on all that crazy shit. So, but yeah, it was fun. I like the you know. But, but, but remember, you got. You got into the center of the theater. You're completely naked. Oh, yeah. Did somebody give you a mic, and what did you say? Oh, I had the mic. Yeah, I just, like, uh, I had everything figured out until this part. Because yes. I did. I didn't know where. Because it's such a, you can't write for that yeah. naked guy in audience. <laughs> yeah. What dialogue are we going to give them? They're still freaking out that there's a pasty white guy from Canada crawling through some of the most attractive people. If you see on the video, the audience, they're gorgeous. And I'm this sloppy Canadian Bacon, bleh. Oh, yeah, it was good times. So it was fun, but I think you said something like, "I guess what I'm trying to say is, I need a place to stay." Oh yeah, tonight. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, lost in translation. And they started start laughing really hard at yeah. that. You know, I yeah, I've seen Ari Shafir, very funny Death Squad guy who works what uh, a lot with Joe Rogan, and on the HBO special, he just basically pulls his pants down. He show his dick, but. You went even beyond that. You're completely naked. You know, you couldn't be more exposed. Exposed the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I think it's like uh, you just got to shed all your ego, and um, then you're 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 invincible. You know what I mean? Nobody can fuck with you, and you get into like a a, a zen moment. I think that's when comedy's at its best. And I don't recommend any other comics listen to this to try it. It's been a, my whole career has been a gift and a curse all at the same time. Oh, there's repercussions for all these things. You know, I'm excluded from X shows or this, you know, um, TVs or uh, sure. corporate work. I've been at this almost 18 years. I think I've done three corporate gigs. And um, you don't get picked. And there's a, because people that are not familiar with me as a person, they look at me as a liability or a risk at times. Sure. Uh, but they don't know how consistent and, uh, and focused I am in my career. So uh, that's probably uh, on uh, people making flip decisions about what they think I am and what I'm about, but they don't know. I, I, I just think what you do, and this is something that um, Atel does consistent basis, but Atel is famous, you know. So when you're not famous and they don't know you, yeah. and especially when you do harder stuff, it takes uh, uh, finesse, and you you definitely have that, and it gives me a bit of um, comfort knowing there are people doing material like yours, which I love, and 
learning to work within the system still, you know, because some people get really, really angry. It's, they it's, just assume you're just this horrible human being on stage. Yeah. It is a bit of a balancing act because you do, you're constantly having to change people's minds because the majority of people tend to make up, uh, flip decisions about what, who you are and, you know, uh, what you're about. But um, it, it's a nuisance, but it's it's the way the, way the world is, you know. It's full of uh, people who like to brand you and put you in a box so they can have some comfort in what they're doing. I, I, I just hope the more people do it because I think it, it makes people more sophisticated about it. Don't believe everything that you you read and oh, hear. Oh, yeah, the stuff. I've listened to tape from my shows and, and worked out material. Of it. And I'm like, as I'm writing this, uh, transcribing the audio, I'm looking like, this is scandalous. Mm -hmm. This is this on, uh, if you gave this to an actor and said, listen, you need to go in from a room full of strangers and, and do this, perform this dialogue, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah, actors, if they do it, people are saying like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But that's where the comedians are different. We're different animals. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, we are know, different animals. We know how to present some horrible shit in a way that it's more palatable. You know, there's some medicines good for you, but it tastes like shit. Yeah. It just well, I, I tell we're both huge fans of him. He's, huge he's fan. the Jedi master of that. Every time I watch him live, the, the few times that I've seen him, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. God damn it, this guy's good. He's he's he, he really is great. And but that's the thing, like you never get angry with him. You know, you just don't let. Even when, he, when he, <laughs> even when he's saying some horrible stuff, you yeah. never associate with with that with him. Oh, you know? man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 just he's kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time with his uh, as a as a um, he's he's the victim a lot in a lot of his jokes. But sure. the, 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 when he when he is the victim, it's he's so uh, it's so horrific. Yes, that you feel for him. Yes, even though it's all <laughs> contrived, made up stuff. It, it's still uh, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, he, he's my definitely, yeah, one of my favorite, if not my favorite comic, no doubt. He, he's he definitely is one of the greatest joke writers too. Yeah, know? and um, material. I, 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 I'm I'm very grateful, and he was very kind enough to let me work for him, and he was cool having you guys on the show too. You know, he was really. I mean, he's just super nice guy. Yeah, I can't I can't say any more. You know, he's he's just a wonderful human being as well. So, yeah. um, so Jason. Um, I, I am your friend. I, you're, you're a dear friend. There's times I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you because I do talk to Russell. We're concerned for you. Sure. And um, um, it's not a moral thing because I, I, I feel like you definitely have a good moral compass, and you don't, you, you never rip people off, and you do anything horrible. And um, but you know, there's. It's mostly to myself. I can be pretty self-destructive at times. Yeah. But it's, it's, I am too. I am too. For different reasons, you know, but um, when I'm busy and working and and feeling some value in what I'm doing as as a person and an artist, um, I'm I'm very happy. But when I don't have those those cornerstones in my life, then I tend to uh, do some fucked up shit. Yeah, like piss in the hallway in the Hilton. Oh, I wasn't gonna bring it up. So <laughs> you want to talk about it? Um. <laughs> yeah, it, this is nothing evil. No, 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 not at all. It just um, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? Day before yesterday. I don't know. I think I'm just a little. Uh, my feelings are a little 
closer to the surface being uh father's day and stuff and my uh, yeah. dad dying and all that and uh he's just, been there he's been there for how, how long uh, a few years mm -hmm. a few years i had to go this is awful i remember i just moved to la i think this is in 2000 this is about three years ago i think okay and uh I went. I was in Canada beforehand, and I had to go see my dad in the hospital, more or less say goodbye to him, and because uh, he wasn't he wasn't going to be around when I made my next trip to Canada, and uh, so I'm going to Laugh Factory to do my uh, showcase sure. for Jamie Masada, and runs the club, sure. runs the club, big deal, you know, it, it was something I was striving for to be a, a working comic in L.A. and sure. uh, a lot of it was big thing, and uh, I had a phone call and the taxi on the way down said your dad's. He's gone. And then uh, I went in and did my show. And then Jamie called me in the office to discuss, oh, that was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And I just, oh, so you did it. You, you killed it. Oh, yeah, I killed it. I separate. I put my feelings in a compartment mm -hmm. to focus on the job at hand, crying about it. Then and then when Jamie started questioning me about what I'm doing and blah, 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 I just started bawling. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, yeah, I cried in his office like a bitch. It was terrible. But he, he knew. Well, you uh, never told me this. No, I know it was awful, but uh, and I know Jamie relatively well, and uh, it wasn't. I knew that it wasn't going to really reflect our business relationship. Sure, it's just you know we've all lost people, and uh, and it was just I was so emotionally overwhelmed that uh, I just fell apart. What did he say? I just, well, was he confusing in the beginning? Because no, I think my friend had told him that my father was ill and in the hospital. I see, and that he uh, happened, and I explained to him, and I just sobbed and and. We moved on from there, but yeah, it was pretty bad. But I've learned uh, over time to kind of, uh, I can cry about this later. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's something that hand that has to be taken care of. Sure. I'm not a big complainer or a, a whiner. I know I, everyone's got their shit to deal with. And um, Did you get your dark sense of humor from your dad? Uh, no, I'd say more from my grandfather. Oh. Because my, my father wasn't around after my mom fled with us from uh, our home. We lived with my grandfather and my grandmother for a, a time. And he was always, uh, you know, a, a joker. You know, he's always telling uh, off-color street joke, water cooler kind of humor stuff, sure. right? And uh, so I thought that was that's an interesting way to get attention. You know, I'm not a, a, a violent bully like the majority of the, uh, the people that are uh, in this city. But I Did you grow up in Hamilton? Uh, my dad? No, no, no. I mean, you, you're basically saying the bullies were oh, yeah. in abundance in Hamilton. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was lethal, especially in like low-income housing and stuff sure. like that. Any poverty-related stuff, drugs, alcohol, and violence are all, all, always at a higher level, I think, in, in poorer communities. So that uh, and seeing how getting doing laughs and things. And then, I be, and then once I discovered that you get attention from making people laugh, then it became a nuisance to my family where I was being goofing around and I was pretty much told that this silliness isn't going to get you anywhere. <laughs> right. And uh, then I won like a Canadian equivalent to an Emmy Award in uh, my Gemini Award in 2001 for my one-hour special, which Russell was uh, supposed to do warm-up, but the girl on before me bombed so bad. Yeah. I had to go and improvise. They wanted to reschedule my shoot. Because the audience was leaving because she tanked so bad. On my You're television taping, yeah. And Russell was, I was all stoked because is Russell going to do warm-up? 
He's going to bridge it perfectly. You sure. know, he was he was just up on the upswing of his career, so they were familiar. And his endorsement in that audience would help. Nice transition. Well, what happened? He didn't show up. No, no, no. Russell was there. He was ready to go. I see. But the girl tanked so bad that they wanted to reschedule after I'd been getting people to come on this date. You got to sure. come in. They've driven in. You know, family and friends and so on and so forth. And then I go like. We're not going to reschedule this. I'm I'm going on, and they're like, "No, you can't. We need to change the tapes. Like you can't." I go, "I'll improvise. You give me a hand signal off stage, and I'll go into my act." So usually Russell or the uh, would come out, do the warm up, and then introduce, and then I'd come sure. out and perform, do the 50 minute set, and uh, that wasn't the case. So I had to go up and do my own warm up, and then go into my act, and then I end up getting a standing ovation, and they uh, won. I think at that point, it was me and Jeremy Hotz were the only ones that had a Gemini Award at the time. And uh, that uh, helped Wait, so this is like Canadian TV special where yeah, you it's did like, your hour. Yeah, it's like an HBO equivalent, I would say. And you, you won the biggest award for it. Yeah, I won the biggest award that you can in television. Then my I've career slumped. I've known it for 10 years and you never told me this before. I didn't know that. Ah, it's a Canadian award, so it's, it's more of a, a paperweight than anything. But it did allow me and it put me in a, a category to eligible for my green card. So... And uh, Jeremy, yeah, because I was talking to Jeremy at, uh, at And I've never met Jeremy Hotz, but everybody's great. I've seen his stuff in TV. Hilarious yeah. guy. <laughs> I've never seen somebody like Jeremy with minimal physicality create a, a frenzy of, of laughter and chaos. He's, 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 a, he's very talented. And he's a cool guy. I really like Jeremy. I dig him. So you've been to South Africa, Middle East. Um, Scandinavia. I did a television show in Russia in December. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But did you tell me most of those people didn't even speak English <sighs> or something? It was bad. I'm really disappointed. I don't know if it's going to air or how they're going to cut it, but there, I, I was supposed to be on, I think I, my, my taping time was like 8 o'clock. I didn't get on until after midnight Ugh. in an audience, and it was cold. It was, it was December, yes. in, or, or December or January in Russia in Moscow. It's me, a Danish guy, and a Swedish comedian, and, uh, 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 and they're all speaking Russian. English, right? Yeah, they're yeah. all speaking English, but they're everyone's like doing like okay or tanking, and then I'm supposed to close it, and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? I go on stage and I'm doing my show, and I just stop and go, how many people here speak English? Four people at the back of the theater. Oh Jesus! I'm like, oh man, this is a language thing, man. You know, I can't, I'm not up here doing shadow puppets. You have to understand what I'm saying for this to work. So I just ripped on the uh, the situation, made light of it, and tried to come out of it with something. And uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, if it even it will air, but we'll see. It was a but lot they, of... They paid you, right? At least. Oh, yeah, they paid me nicely, and uh, and they treated me great, and everybody was cool. And But uh, it was a long way to go to bomb. You know what sure. I mean? And uh, I just hate it when resources are, are wasted and things like that. You know what I mean? It, uh, you know, I, it was a great experience they, for me. I hope they learn from this lesson, like maybe prepare better next time. You know, Well, this is the first time that they've had English-speaking comedy on, on television sure. in a stand-up context like that. So it was good. And then, uh, you know Amazing Jonathan? Sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he does a lot of shit. In, I mean, not shit. A great act in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Longest-running comedy show. I was lucky enough to spend uh, time with him at his house and, and talk to him about business and what have you. And he told me some horror stories about the Russian uh, the Russian show business thing. And uh, 
But at least Magic, he could understand what's going on, kind of. Exactly, you know? but he said he bombed. He tanked. He said he bombed. They paid him nicely and everything, they, but he bombed. And then the show didn't go well. Well, the guy wanted him to come to his hotel room to do another show. And he's like, no, no, no. We're, we're getting the fuck out of here now. This is, this is the, I did my, what I'm uh, expected out of our contract here. But yeah, and the hottest girls in the world. Yeah. It was it was like Cape Town in in Stockholm, you know, uh, in Norway, like in the top three for for years, until I went to Moscow and I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" I bet the guys look like dog shit and the girls are fucking slamming hot. Yeah, is it like in uh, Scandinavian capitals like Stockholm and Copenhagen and Oslo where? There's so many pretty girls that they don't even know they're that pretty. Yeah, they don't know. They, they don't, don't know. Because it, it's the norm, the, the norm, you know. If you're living with stuff a bunch... That, stuff that consider five over there, there are eight here, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, they're so hot. I like it. I like pretty girls. I like women in general. Some people say, somebody, with some drunk idiot was telling me, he goes, oh, yeah, you know, that's uh, misogynistic humor you do. And I'm like, I am such a big fan of women, you know, and... uh that you you're you're misunderstanding what I'm putting out there. It's it's really weird. This is something Jim Norton always talk about, and he's another great comic from New York City. Uh-huh. But he he just think it's just so ridiculous. The actors could play some horrible rapists, and then they could still win Academy Award. Oh yeah. But when you go on stage, and it's clear that you're a comedian. And you're making fun of the absurd situation. No comedian say, or well, at least most of the people that I know. We don't think rape is a good thing or murdering people. No, but it's out of the off the context and exaggerating. But yeah, it's it's, it's very strange um, how yeah, people react like some that. Some people are stupid. Some people are very stupid. You but know? would you would you say that in Russia you you saw uh, the, the just absolutely like concentrating of prettiest women around? I think so. In just in the three days who went there, and keep in mind this is also the winter, so everyone's pretty wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And like you see people with full length furs standing at a sure. bus stop in minus uh, twenty degrees weather, and uh, but they're all really well dressed, nice girls. Yeah, they're were they pre- friendly? Because they have a reputation no. being not necessarily that. No, not excessively. A little standoffish, mm-hmm. but not. I think it was just more of a English was uh, most of it. I'd met some people there; they just didn't speak English very well. Sure. So there were a little, just there was a communication issue. It wasn't an ego thing. It was just uh, they just were a little embarrassed about their English and sometimes for some of the people. But but it was cool. They were great. I hope. I hope. Uh, I love to go back. And uh, I'm going to go to, I think, Poland this year and Germany and uh, do some shows there. Those are a couple other countries that I have. I want to go to Brazil. I don't know if they've even got a scene there yet. And Australia, I think maybe next year I'm going to push for Australia and New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, you'll do well there. Uh, you, you, yeah, I've approached the, the, the festival through my managers and agents in the past. But I think, again, they have a, a, a preconceived notion about me and what I do. Sure, and um, they're a little shy, but I get lots of fan mail from Australia, and you know, come out. Yeah, it's great. Oh, oh. Um, hold on. Let me yeah, we got some at the door. About yeah, Yoshi's on the way to the door. Somebody's knocking. I should probably see what time it is, man. Oi. Hey, is it the police? No. Hey, hey man. Meet Jason. Hey, man. How you doing? 
Um, we're almost done. Yeah, have a seat. Well, maybe yeah. in like 10 minutes and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be out of here. Um, Are you coming to the show tonight? Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, most likely come to second show. Okay. Because I might, let me just check this quickly because I might have to uh, get ready. They've been sending messages. <clears throat> what time's the first show? I think it's seven. What time's it now? Six. Oh, is that right? I got to just check here. But um, what, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, we, we could do just five minutes and finish. I mean, we're, we're literally hovering like uh, our mark. Uh -huh. um, and this, believe me, this is not the last time you'll be on it because I, there's, you know, I, I, this is a pretty low budget podcast. You know, I can't compete with my, sure, you know, my friend David Cho's got his podcast, and I don't have all, all sorts of money. But there's going to be a lot of changes in the next couple of months, and I'm I'm hoping to do second shows per week, or maybe cool. even more. So if I'm doing second and third episode per week, I might just have somebody frequent like. Maybe you, whenever you're in LA, we'll do. I want you to do a show with me like that week, and just have you back get back on the show, you know. Um, but you know, I don't want you to be late for the show. If you need a ride, I could even give you a ride and um, go from there. But what, what's your immediate plan? You doing that show weekend with Russell tonight? Yeah, two shows tonight. Then I really don't have anything really going on until September. I'm going to do my first big Canadian tour. Um, in a long, long time, in uh, I'm doing uh, Halifax, St. John's, Newfoundland, Mississauga, Toronto. I think it's all on my website at jasonrouse.com. I'm doing like two months in Canada mm -hmm. in September, October, and I'm recording my uh, my first comedy album on November second and third at Toronto Where? Toronto Yuck Yucks. God damn it! I can't get into Canada. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'd be cool to have you come out, man. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good tour. I'm looking forward to it. Well, get I, I definitely want to. I'm, I'm still working on this. I can't get in detail with uh, deal with this um, podcast, but um, it's very strange. You know, I have a little over like 200 different countries. I mean, the number is not great, but wide variety of different countries in Australia. People listen to the show and stuff, and I would like to go to those countries. And yeah, yeah, Jason, you're, you're, and you're you're really, I mean, you and Russell Peters, you guys are the two closest friends of mine. Actually, travel overseas to do shows, you know. And um, I definitely want to go to Europe. Hopefully, um, hopefully when you go back to yeah, 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 we'll fix it. We'll fix it again. You know, the, everyone loved you out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, doing some more gigs. And I'll have some more stuff to push with my album and the new websites coming out. Everything's going to be coming out in the fall. My own podcast is mm -hmm. going to be. Uh, it's called Safe Word with yeah. Jason Rouse. Yes, I want to do it. And uh, of course, and uh, <laughs> then. Um, yeah, I'll, I got a bunch of new stuff. I'm, 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 been. I know a lot of the stuff online has been repetitive, but I've been hiding a lot of things sure. from the uh, social media at this point, so I can put all, all, all in the packages that I want to kind of present. So yeah, what's and, your Twitter account? Uh, Jason Rouse six six six. Okay, and Facebook? Jason Rouse six six six. I noticed the theme. Yeah. My oh. my personal page is full, but there's a fan page you can go and like my shit. Okay, well, check Jason's style because um, one quick note, you know, you did Jim Norton's Down and Duty with Jim Norton, yeah. and they told you to do a duty act, and you actually did a duty stuff with HBO, and it was so dirty, HBO said, we can't use it. Isn't that retarded? And, uh, and Jim is a close friend of mine, and he was, when I told him, I told him when we were driving to Tonight Show, I told Jim Norton that, hey, Jim, don't worry about it, Jason's not angry with the whole situation, he's 
appreciate you giving him opportunity. He asked him, what are you talking about? Then when I told him, he, he didn't even know. It's his fucking show. And they yeah. didn't even bother telling him. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was some heated arguments at the end of the evening. I think the son and the father mm -hmm. of HBO or something were in an argument over me. Um, I don't know what the details were. I've had some secondhand information, but it's not the first te television show I've been cut out of. And uh, sure, and maybe then Russell Peters was nice enough to put you on. Yeah, Showtime. I did Showtime. Yeah. You know, I've done all kinds of, but TV doesn't have the same power it once had. You know what I mean? I don't think my career has never been based around how what what television shows. I've been grateful for all the TV opportunities sure. and stuff, but. My uh, audience is not a, uh, a a mainstream commercial group of people. If you ever seen my, well, you've seen in Denmark, oh, yeah. they're all crazy. They're crazy in a good way. They're yeah, a fun yeah, bunch. Yeah, and you know, just like Russell Peters made a huge through internet. He, I mean, when I went to Australia with him in 2006, I was a little worried. Like today, even though Russell, he's never been there. He sold every single shows because everyone saw the yeah the Opera yeah, House uh, yeah. <laughs> so. That's Even insane. he was surprised, you know. So. Yeah, but Jason, oh, yeah. I, I know you're. Uh, you got to get ready. You're yeah. an extremely talented guy, and uh, I'm very. I think we're all of you, and you're a good friend. And um, to me, you you look healthy, and um, you know, um, I, I'm I'm glad you're back in LA too. Yeah, me so. too. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to the, the, the this fall and the new year. I've got a lot of things that I'm going to be putting out and mm -hmm. to the public to. Uh, digest and consume and we'll see what the come february i think i'll have more of a a, a grasp and uh more of a, a direction of what my next step is going to be but sure i've got all this cool stuff that's coming up that i'm really excited about so all right everyone check jasonrounds.com and his twitter yeah. account and um, um i'm definitely going to have him back on the show again and i'm looking forward to it you know awesome so, yeah. i'm looking forward to having and, you and, on my and, show you know, start doing your podcast jason because yeah. you're gonna I, I know you will bring a different kind of audience and guest members you know I, I like all your oh yeah <laughs> i know fans even though they were uh th those guys are really funny in bergen norway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with uh, king from uh, <laughs> king of hell what was the name of the band uh gorgoroth yeah he's in godseed now but yeah two like the biggest probably uh black metal figures in the in the world and, and we're when you all don't talk out. to them and just look at them, you just them like, oh fuck! They, they, yeah, know, they look evil as fuck. They look like evil guys from girl, cool. a girl with a dragon tattoo or something. But yeah, when yeah. you talk to them, they come, they're just like a very sweet. In, yeah, in yeah. fact, one of them is like a school teacher for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, and has a son and uh, yeah. all that stuff. So, never judge a book by a cover. All the cunts are in suits and ties. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see if you were wearing a tie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fantastic. All right, Jason, thanks for doing it. Uh, um, let's do this again, uh, hopefully within a month or something. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me on, Yoshi. You're great. Jason, you're, I think we're all of you, and uh, good luck with everything. All right, brother. All right, man.